32 counties united by people my name is una and my name is a husky andrea <laughs> and this is united, united ireland. ireland every week on united ireland we go under the hood of issues in ireland beyond the headlines bringing you smart people who know what they're talking about if you would be in the humor of doing a bit of christmas shopping for us thank you uh, we would love a little christmas present yes that's right we're asking you to fill our stockings. Oh, <laughs> Give us a virtual kiss under the green screen mistletoe. Lubricate our chimneys and our throats with a monthly subscription and slide down into our Patreon. <laughs> Feeling generous? Hop in your sleigh and jingle over. You jingle your way over to patreon.com forward slash United Ireland and leave three euro a month or more underneath our tree. Make these ho-ho-hos happy by supporting this independent podcast this festive season. If you don't, the puns will get even worse next week. Andrea, um, I can tell uh, by our hanging out at the weekend in Dingle uh, and indeed by uh, the seasonal change uh, that we had a lot of fun shouting and roaring our joy about uh, Irish music and indeed visiting artists. Uh, and I think um, my uh, little touch of a head cold and you're really like, I don't know. I mean, I'm just so into the huskiness <laughs> demonstrates a successful time at Other Voices. Oh, it was just the best. Oh, it's just magic, isn't it? Mm. Black magic, black, black, black magic. I won't sing anymore. And you were in the church yourself performing that original song uh, live. Uh, <laughs> Across the airwaves. <laughs> it was great crack. Big up all the uh, Other Voices crew and all of the artists. Um, truly stunning. Um, oh, let's tell you what this episode is about, okay? So as you can garner from our uh, jingling all the way, um, we are entering the festive season we are bursting through uh the wrapping paper covered vortex that is the irish winter into party mode and do you know what's that's too much party mode keep your contacts down yes party before midnight um gremlin party mode so we just thought at a time uh when things have not been tremendously cheerful that we would bring you an episode full of cheer, an abundance of cheer laden with cheer. This episode is our 10 reasons to be cheerful right now. We are flying in the face of negativity, giving the up yours to downer vibes and bringing you some Mariah tinged, jingly good vibes. But first, it's a state <laughs> before, of the nation. Before we get cheerful, let's get on cheerful. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Andrea, what is the state of the nation? Oh, my God. Like, I think this is a title. Like, wow, I'll take that back. I feel like this is a title that we're going to bestow, bestow, bestow on a person rather than it being the state of our whole country. Because Stephen Donnelly is, in fact, the state of the nation. He is the biggest Delta Hunters that's ever happened. And that was brought to life by his appearance on Primetime with Sarah McInerney doing her, like, 
her very good, subtle, like she doesn't like come for you, but she comes for you. It's like she's literally your dad. (laughs) And he was dead. He was literally talking about how actually they're not going to listen to the ventilation groups. What they're actually going to listen to is uh, the other group that looks after hospital safety. And she's literally like, but who said this? And the ventilation group said this and the experts around the world on this said this and this expert said this and this, but you're not going to listen to them. No, <gasps> Mike drop, Sarah, Mike drop. Um, yeah, she was very good. Um, and it's amazing how Stephen Donnelly just kind of keeps going, you know, this kind of like spoofery locomotive is like, I'm on this track and by God, I'm going to stay on it. Um, And, you know, the thing that you really need to understand and there is strong advice and blah, blah, blah. And everyone's just sitting at home going, so you just want my kid to sit in the cold and get an antigen off the middle aisle a little. Cool. Well, actually, Norma Foley's come out and said that they don't want too much ventilation. Mm. Sorry, what? Like, oh. I feel really bad for parents. I just feel like sometimes when you're kind of watching this stuff, it is very gaslighty because obviously parents have been dealing with so much, parents of primary school children in particular, like so much stress over the course of uh, this time. And uh, yeah, and also just worry that like the... um, the uh, infection rate is so high amongst uh, children of a particular cohort, uh, this cohort. And uh, and yeah, I just feel bad for them kind of going, but what are you going to do? And somebody, um, a friend of mine who uh, has COVID at the moment was just saying like, you know, we have a right to safe air where we work and where we are gathered. So like in schools and stuff. And I think that's a very interesting framing because people will do what they can, like everything we can do in our individual and collective power to make ourselves safe and everybody around us safe with all of the measures that we take. But also, yeah, that kind of the the broader safety that we can't activate ourselves, uh, you know, beyond having a raffle for better ventilation or something. I think that's interesting. Like we do have a right to, to um, or we have, you know, we should have a right to kind of safe air and, 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 and safe environments. And that is up to the government. But uh, I think Orla Hegarty has been saying that for so long. We're like, if there's a problem with water, we clean it. We don't provide bad water. We, we have clean water. We don't have blah, blah, blah. So yeah. Correct. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a big dominant thing that's going to, uh, yeah, like you say, the Orla, Orla stuff obviously has been very good in it. Like that's going to be a new thing that we're talking about. Clean, like clean air isn't just about uh, air pollution. It's about this pandemic. Um, But also in the state of the nation, I was listening to Claire Byrne uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday morning. Um, and this was the immediate aftermath of the uh, the Mika um, uh, redress. And Joe McHugh was on and, and a couple of other people were on. And Claire Byrne was just kind of really kept like picking up and like, what are you, are you saying that the, there were mistakes made in the redress? They did figure out the sliding scale thing. Are you going to go? Like, will you stand up for this? And, and it just really feels like, first of all, that whole scenario is strange um, in that there is not 
a bigger conversation about how do we actually find accountability with regards to defective blocks um, and how they were su- supplied and all that, the kind of it and the rest of that. And then we have the largest ever redress scheme in the history of the state that now see, appears to have holes in it, uh, is crumbling a little bit. Um, but I think, like we mentioned Sarah McInerney there and Claire Byrne now as well, I'm just very grateful that we have these two broadcasters who really um, interrogate things on behalf of the audience as well as like all of the their expertise that they have around it. So that is something that I don't think is is going to go away really considering that the redress scheme appears to be quite open-ended and rushed even though this thing has been going on for ages. Would you okay. agree, Andrea? Yeah, I want some cheerful times though. Okay, That's yes. <laughs> Let's go to Cheer Town. Choo choo. You are very cheerful. <laughs> I'm very cheerful. Well, you know, you just, you gotta be, you gotta be cheerful. And we know that things have been a little grim, to say the least, over the past couple of weeks. What with Omicron? And uh, queuing in the cold for your booster, like you were waiting two hours for your always late friend outside HMV in the 90s. That would have been me. Hi, late, not queuing. <laughs> okay, I was the person who was waiting. Um, Stephen Donnelly telling everyone to head to deals to sort out the COVID. And Norma Foley telling teachers to crack a window. Or Not too much. Not too much. <laughs> so we thought as December kicks in, uh, and just when you thought you were ready to... Go, go hibernate um, and let's bring a little cheer. We know there's loads of stuff wrong, but there are some good vibes shining through the cracks. So what what is this episode all about, Andrea? What are we going to be telling people? Here are our 10 reasons to be cheerful right now. Yes. We need some uh, little jingly music there, Andrew, please. Okay. Reason go. number one. One, go. The cobblestone planning permission was refused. Great news. Like really good news. Obviously, there may be other parts of this process in terms of what developers want to do. But we also have on board Panala. That's <clears throat> a great establishment to overcome. <laughs> and, but I just think it's so amazing that, you know, it's fairly obvious uh, that the mobilization, the protests, the petitioning and the massive, massive engagement with the planning process in terms of submissions, uh, over 700 of them really, really a brought attention to this issue and created the context for the outcome to be favorable to a cultural space and a cultural venue. And also that in the decision how the importance of it as a cultural space was uh, part of the decision as well. You know, so it wasn't just like height and blah, blah, blah. All those things are completely relevant in the integrity of the area and oversupply of hotels and all that kind of stuff. But when they're centering in some degree the cultural aspect of things, I think that builds a really strong case for uh, as a precedent for other spaces around the city. We know that we've lost loads of stuff, not just in Dublin, uh, but elsewhere as well. Very sad news at Electric um, Club in, in Galway 
um, is shutting its doors as well. But we know that things are being lost. But when things like this happen, we have to take and celebrate the victories and use them as leverage to progress better change in development and maintaining our culture and creative spaces and our community spaces and the stuff that matters, that has you know, that, that just really matters, that is about value beyond cost. So I salute everyone involved in that. It brings to mind a song I'm very fond of that goes, no one can change your life except for you. And I feel like the, the way that those the people power really is that we do have control to change our own lives. Yeah. And I think as well, um, I, was my mom was WhatsApping me about it. She was like, there's great news with cobblestone. And I was like, yeah, it's brilliant. You know how everybody got mobilized. And she was just saying protest is the only way. It is the only way when things are kind of up against the wall because it has to be listened to, you know, and uh, it also gives us a lot of hope for what else that is important and that needs to change is even though it's annoying that the forces come down heavy on things that we don't think are a vibe that we, if we mobilize, if we organize and if we create coalitions of solidarity and support, uh, we can resist and we can win. And go on. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I was coughing into my mic. That's very pleasant. Um, I feel like the same is about to happen with Bill to Rent. I think mm -hmm. that people have like been talking about the negative aspects of it so much that the question hangs over built around moving forward. Mm. And also just building better, uh, building better uh, communities. Okay. In physical structures like houses. Number two reasons to be cheerful. Okay. Everything is overshadowed by the pandemic and the um, new variant. We know that. However, I was having a big rant at Friend of the Pod, uh, Stephen Carroll at Other Voices at the weekend. And I was like, oh, you know, the COVID and blah, blah, blah. And he obviously he's such a smart person, a great journalist. And he was just like, look, the science is getting better. We know way more than we did last year. There's better treatment once you get COVID. Obviously, there's a lot, lot of chat about vaccines and people being frustrated around or not understanding concepts of immunity and stuff like that. But things are getting better in terms of how we can treat, address and vaccinate against COVID. We're getting a better grasp of understanding of how we can live with it safely at this point in time. And there will be more advances made in terms of eliminating transmission Um, which is obviously the key part. Uh, Lots of kind of talk in the background about the potential power of nasal vaccines. Uh, People might be familiar with them in terms of they're the flu vaccine. Huh? (laughs) No. In in terms of the, uh, that's the flu vaccine that kids get. And um, the reason nasal vaccines are good is because they basically eliminate the virus in you know, your sinus and your your the respiratory part of your uh, body and that therefore the virus doesn't take hold within the body. So transmission is stopped at the source. So like there's loads of different bits and bobs happening with regards to um, the science aspect of it. I know some people feel like science has let us down a little bit in terms of that the vaccines aren't like super duper magic and just get rid of everything. Um, but things will... 
better in terms of being able to to address that. So we're not, like, I know that um, politicians are very fond of being like, we're not in the same, but we're a totally different place. But like we we are, you know, so we just need the political system uh, and of course, and of course, the economic systems to move in a different way as well and implement the stuff that we need and also dismantle capitalism. Okay, so. I'd love to hear uh, D. Ream, things can only get better there. Mm. The whole song. I'm only joking. Number three in our reasons to be cheerful. I'm going to give this one to you, Andrea. <laughs> I don't want to talk. I, that's handy on a podcast, isn't it? <laughs> um, on Thursday, not next week, just like that, Carrie Bradshaw returns. Rage and Samantha's not there, but the new trailer came out. Um, Carrie, like us as a podcast, um, Callie from Grey's Anatomy's in it. I used to love Callie and Grey's Anatomy. Mm. Um, I love Grey's Anatomy, but yeah, I'm like, can we cope? Considering that all I've watched for this the last two years is Sex and the City on repeat, going from season one to six and back again. It's going to be nice to have a fresh new flavor. And then I watched Sex and the City two in Dingle. I'm <laughs> reading some new culture. <laughs> I'm I'm just really looking forward to it. I know it's going to be cheesy. Uh, I know it's going to whatever. I don't care. I'm just like excited to be. Cheese is delicious. I know cheese Whoa. is delicious. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm very excited for this so that is definitely a reason to be cheerful the more I live the more I find that if you have good friends in your corner anything's possible Carrie party of three I can't believe there's no screening of it being ha- done I guess because it's HBO Max or Max right yeah but that's now TV which is Sky Mm. All the in Ireland. Anyway, I'm doing a screening of my answer. Ram it. <laughs> <laughs> Reason number four. Oh, no, let's just like, let's give a little people a little sex in the city flavor from the trailer. I think that would be good. Reason number four to be cheerful. Okay, so this is a big one and we're going to be doing a bonus podcast on this very issue but you will have been paying attention I'm sure to all of the uh, chatter and action and committees and all that kind of stuff and consultation on licensing laws and the public consultation on licensing laws has opened Uh, it's on the Department of Justice website justice.ie it is a survey type uh, consultation and you can also email your thoughts in as well. But this is an amazing moment for people to actually have input into our licensing laws. You can say whatever you want. You can express all of your desires about what you would like. And the bonus pod we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking to um, people on the on this issue who really know their buzz on, on the issue, as well as the uh, proposals that have emerged uh, from the the Nighttime economy uh, conversations and uh, consultations with that on the on the group on that and also what the proposals are that Helen McEntee is uh, pitching or potentially pitching and how you can best input into this consultation. It's open um, until 
uh, mid January or late January. Um, but, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're gonna, but we're gonna do a walkthrough on that. But this is just so brilliant. Like, when do you get an opportunity for something that we've been so frustrated by for so many years around the draconian nature of the licensing laws, around opening hours, around how restrictive they are for different venues, and all that kind of crack? And now we get a chance to go. This is what should happen. And if like thousands of people do that as we've seen with other consultation stuff, it will change for the better. And we will have way more progressive, better, more fun, more open-ended, more culturally focused, more vibey licensing laws. Yay. Well, to be honest, Anna, I'm really vibing off the 12 o'clock closing. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, a mate of mine was saying this morning, she was out last night and she was like, you know, there's a lot to be said for literally being told to go home at that time. <laughs> <laughs> um, number five. Oh shit! Number five on the reasons to be cheerful. Go on. Oh, Dublin. <laughs> okay, shit's been fucking shit for ages. No new shit opening. Everything gone shit. Will I say shit again? But now there's new bits opening. We've got new places opening up and we just want to shout out a few people who are doing some good stuff. Yeah. So this is like a feeling that I've had uh, where this is a Dublin specific item, by the way. So apologies to people outside of the city. But of course, um, there's, you know. We're two Colleen's. What, what do you call it? Jackie's. Jackie's. Yeah. Colleen Jackie's. Um but yeah, I, obviously things have, have been very difficult uh, in the capital in particular. And I think other places have done the pandemic better in Ireland. Um, but there has been a weird thing I've been sensing over the past couple of weeks where I just feel like the energy shift a little bit. We'll get into that in astrological terms in a moment. Um, but I just you're kind of noticing like, oh, fair play to all of these people doing their bits and opening new things up and bringing some energy uh, to the city and maybe things are uh, turning a little bit towards something that feels more exciting um, and loads of independent businesses as well. So let's start shouting people out. So um, some of these you may have heard of, some not, maybe you want to check them out. Table Wine, a new wine place by Meet Me in the Morning off Camden Street. Uh, They've changed one of their uh, cafe kind of buildings into a wine place wine is good and delicious food yes note speaking of wine note uh is a cafe and wine bar that has opened up down near um near what the alex yeah i always find it hard to describe um back in marion square back in marion square uh if you are familiar with denzel lane private cinema (laughs) near there (laughs) who Who isn't um yeah so that looks gorge well done what else andrea the magnet and d8 by the luckies and circular crew um is on the corner of bridgefoot and thomas street if you're lovely and billy scurry and jemmy jemma dunleavy current totally dublin curver stars were were whacking it out there at the weekend woohoo um Unit 44, I mentioned last week, I think, an experimental uh, DIY music venue on Prussia Street in Stony Batter by Kirkos folks. Loads of really interesting stuff happening there. Gorge. 
Reverie pop up on Exchange Street. It's uh, in with Greens are good for you. So there's loads of um, Irish brands in there on Exchequer Street. Um, and yeah, delu- d- delicious. Absolutely delicious. Loads of uh, fashion, loads of designer uh, vintage clothes. So if you want to buy designer but want to be ethical, get yourself in there. It opens today. Uh, the Button Factory has become center point with a clubbing focus. So we're here for that. And it's it's whoop ever. Uh, Alta Winter House, uh, the summer house was stupendous. And now Alta have taken over uh, the top uh, of a car park. What one is it? It's Trinity Street Car Park. Trinity Street Car Park. Um, and from the outset of the pandemic, everyone was like, why don't we use car parks? Why don't we use car parks? They're ventilated. Da, da, da. And Alta have done it. And they're dinners are absolutely gorgeous I can't wait to go and there's also a little cocktail bar and gallery in it called Glove Box gorgeous gorgeous like come on and if you want to listen back to our bonus app we did um, from founder of Ulta um, on his thoughts of the future of dining it's actually a really good episode and linked to that in some ways is a new restaurant in the former uh, space of Ulta right Library Street so that's another one there. House of Bubbles is your disco-y, champagne-y um, food party place uh, run by Anthony Ramedy, who you will maybe know from the Back to Dine stuff during the pandemic era as well of, of home dining. And that's just total disco vibe. And they have an exhibition of uh, amazing club photos uh, from the 90s in Dublin when all of like Naomi Campbell and everyone was all running around town. Check that out. It's in Temple Bar. Anna's in Rathgar. Yes, this is a fourth generation Lisbon chef has opened up a place in Rathgar. Key if you just want to spend your entire life eating pastéis de nada. That is so weird that Rathgar is happening because uh, Carpenter Row are opening another restaurant in Rathgar as well. Excellent. Uh, oh my god my number one artist on my Spotify wrapped unwrapped whatever it is was Roisin Murphy and she is playing New Year's Eve at the uh, mother party at Collins Barracks I am I'm buzzing I can't wait like I I'll get it's part of she's part of my five bits as well this week but anyway yeah buzzing yeah and like big outdoor New Year's Eve party amazing Speaking of parties, Tengu are doing really good stuff, um, really great uh, nights and, and DJ sets and stuff at the moment. And Orchid is playing Tengu all night long, December 18th. Big up, Robbie, Dublin King. Uh, the lineups at Index. I have literally been following Index's um, social media and screen grabbing, screen recording some of the stories they put up because they just put up the most amazing drops mm. and they're so good and even though they've been opening at 7 and closing at 12 or whatever the party has been getting started in Index it is a whoop ever Scream's playing there tonight Thursday if you're in town um, also gigs in the Fumbly Stables loads of little bits going on there and bring your own booze vibes so check that stuff out uh, Goblin, which is a cool skate mag. They have a new issue launch at the Sugar Club this weekend. I would say 70 to 80% of the people that I follow on Instagram are skateboarders. <laughs> I just spend a lot of time watching skate videos. And to see 
the new generation of the Irish skate scene grow is just so amazing. And all of the new different brands and obviously high rollers are central to this stuff, but like floral and goblin and like just all the stuff that's going on and the community around that. Um, you know, I'm not a part of it or anything, but I just love seeing uh, the amazing culture that's coming out of it and the amazing filmmaking and apparel design and graphic design and board design and just the vibes so yeah you will love, you will love the new exhibition from rich gilligan and mazer opening in italian mazer next week so which is all about rich's uh photographing of the skate community fab and mazer's doing some skateboards i believe it's it's kind of like their journey how separate, they, sep- yeah. separate to this yeah yeah i think yeah okay Whatever. (laughs) 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 We've we've lost a train of thought. Um, Oh, also speaking of um, magazines, cultural magazines, uh, the new issue of the journal Talca is out uh, this month. And that's kind of a journal that focuses a lot of on kind of nonfiction writing as opposed to a lot of the fiction and, and, and poetry and stuff in other Irish literary journals. So like essays and reportage and auto fiction and stuff like that. So check that out when it lands next week. Uh, the Rialto Cinema Club, New York, our time, crock of gold. A few <laughs> like I might as well be reading uh, like hieroglyphics. Okay, so the Rialto Cinema Club is a cinema club that happens in the circular in Rialto, <clears throat> also home to friend of the pod, Column's Daddy's Cafe, uh, recently cried Best Cafe in Ireland. And they show really, really good films. Um, And coming up, they have New York Our Time, which is a film by Vivian Dick. Excuse me. Vivian Dick being the seminal Irish no-wave filmmaker who made uh, most of her work in New York. And this is a more recent film that still films produced. And they've kind of combined contemporary New York stuff with her um, old school Super 8 stuff. Vivian Dick is an amazing, completely underrated Irish artist, huge um, collaborator with Nan Golden as well. So yeah, check that out. That's in the circular. Also, their film coming up after that is Crock of Gold, Few Rounds with Shane McGowan. So that's the doc on Shane McGowan. So the Rialto Cinema Club, whoop. And the Bridgefoot Street Park is coming along nicely. Well underway and it looks absolutely gorgeous and it's so great to have another city centre park on the way. And Nanatti's is an Italian restaurant that I know we're being cheerful, but I tried to get a booking for a table (laughs) in Dublin this weekend. It is impossible. (laughs) Like there's literally no seats left in town. Um, But I really want to go to Nanatti's and that's new and I love Italian. Fab. So that was just our our number five. That was the the Dublin vibes vibes that are bubbling up. Uh, And coming in at number six. One moment, please. Just get ready for work, 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 work. It's a me heavy work, 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 work. Yes, that's right. Uh, Rihanna became the reigning queen. Andrea? <laughs> Barbados have cut ties with the British monarchy. Slon. Um, the real queen stepped up and was crowned queen of Barbados. Well, is, she was yeah. a national hero, I believe, is the queen. 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 <laughs> queen. How exciting must it be? She's pregnant. What? 
with ASAP Rocky's child. No way. When did you, when is, was that, is that real news or fake news? We're going love a Huns, but I think it might be real. Okay. So that could be real or it could <laughs> also may not be real as well. Um, but well done to the world's newest republic, up the Republic of Barbados. Now, number seven. Um, I'm flat out googling if Rihanna's pregnant or not. <laughs> As we have been told, the internet speculates Rihanna may be pregnant with ASAP Rocky's child. Well, if the internet is speculating, Andrea, that it is Rihanna absolutely, and she's expecting her first child. But that's, hours ago. that's just thinking that. No, I'm not. Is Rihanna go. pregnant? Okay, we'll <laughs> we'll update you as soon as we know. Um, anyway, uh, we, of course, are always talking about how we need more cultural venues and spaces and how difficult it is to do that in a country um, underscored by land speculation brought to you by a decade of Fine Gael creating a housing crisis and making everything unaffordable. However... We are, of course, um, coming into or have been pre-pandemic in a very unusual time for uh, retail in that kind of bigger brands, really struggling on the high street, obviously the internet, etc. And uh, what that, I suppose, presents to us was compounded by the pandemic in terms of city centres being emptier than they should be if they had more community fabric embedded in them because the the prioritization of tourists tourism and commercial districts kind of sucks uh, uh, life out when the shit hits the fan but there are so many opportunities when it comes to what can be very worrying and scary time for commercial property and as retail vacancy increases and as office vacancy increases, oh, they're still building them everywhere. That won't be a problem at all. Eh, alarm bells. Um, there's a really good example of what actually can be done uh, in uh, Sunderland at the moment. So basically they had a massive uh, Debenhams in there. In this beautiful old building, um, it used to be a, a haberdashery uh, in the 1800s. And um, anyway... This is before the pandemic now. The uh, re- or BHS and Debenhams, I think Debenhams kind of went out of it. And they've basically turned it into this like massive music focused uh, venue and community hub. It's called Pop Rex. And deadly, like loads of stuff happening there. There's loads of people playing gigs and all that kind of crack. And it just is a really, really great lesson about how we should be planning for now for community and culture first um, opportunities in uh, vacant or derelict retail and commercial space. And we should be planning for this now. And it is absolute no brainer because as units become empty, uh, particularly with international uh, brands on high streets, and you you know, if you look at Henry Street in, in Dublin at the moment, it's a good example of it. Uh, some really big uh, spaces there lying empty. If you had community and commercial first options on that, and like cooperative first options, you would then not only enliven the actual buildings themselves, fill them with people who are doing cool stuff. You'd be giving people loads of opportunities to create scenes, to organize together, to collaborate. You'd be breathing so much life into the place that doesn't just, you know, shut down at six o'clock. It, it, you 
change, you you stop high streets being these kind of homogenous type things where it's just like shop, 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 shop. And then when the, when it's closing time, there's nothing happening. And you allow for the community to come in there to reclaim these streets, which are our streets, and just make deadly shit and have a total vibe. There's a piece about this one uh, in Sunderland, in The Guardian, and they're kind of talking about, you know, how doors are now opening for UK um community projects as retail change, chains are folding. So I just think we need to be planning for this now and we could just completely radically alter um, the vibe of, of uh, all Irish towns and cities by doing this. There's no point in having these places empty. They could be filled with deadly community, community stuff, deadly art, and we should just get going. And as an aside, those people will then spend money in shops and coffee shops around. So it actually keeps the economy moving. Disclaimer. Thank, thank you, Pascal Donahue. I really appreciate your input today. What's coming in at number eight, Andrea? Number eight on our reasons to be cheerful. So Neptune, that gorge planet, it's orange, I think, in the game of life. Uh, retrograde has finally come to an end. Now, Neptune isn't as strong as Mercury, so it won't feel as intense But it, it because it's further away. But we will definitely notice a shift from when it ended on the 1st of December. And what happened with Neptune's retrograde is that it exposed the harsh realities of the world to us and at times made us feel uncertain and confused. I'll put my hand up to that. Uh, but now it's over. So there's a different story emerging and a different energy and hence the energy you feel from us. Namaste. Number nine in our reasons to be cheerful. Uh, we're recording on Thursday. Yesterday was the 1st of December. It was World AIDS Day. And it just feels so great to see how far things have come on um, with the U equals U story, which, which is undetectable, is untransmissible, um, and how people are living with HIV and how that story has completely changed. Um, we've seen all the shows and the um the stories in the real life um but uh it does feel uh very good to see such um a, a um, improvement in people's lives and also that um research that was done for hiv and aids is now the was the research that created the vaccine that we're using for um covid at the moment can i just say something on that um leah Vratker tweeted on Thursday morning um, that people should support a some kind of film that's being made about um, the murder of Declan Flynn uh, who was murdered in Fairview Park a massive um, tragedy brutal uh, killing and uh, you know it was a, a kind of a very important moment for the LGBT rights movement in Ireland um, I just just want to say that I just found it a bit odd because the production that he that he uh, tweeted a link to is a bunch of people from the UK, I think, um, crowdfunding a film. And I think that there are loads of Irish queer filmmakers in Ireland and amongst our diaspora who are telling our stories and loads of uh, queer filmmakers who came from that era when Declan was killed and who are making work about that era who are... Uh, who are informed by it, who are shaped by it and who tell our stories about it. And I think that we should be supporting, I think of a government, if the Tónishtha is uh, promoting queer work, 
uh, related to kind of our own stories, we should be supporting the Irish film industry. Um, so I just want to say that I thought it was kind of a strange thing uh, to put out there. There are, and, and, and I know of filmmakers making work about that era and, and uh, specifically at the moment. So we should support the Irish film industry and queer filmmakers here and amongst our diaspora. So that's what I think about that. Um, and our 10th reason to be cheerful. What is it, Andrea? Oh, my favourite. Whopper Festival lineups being announced. Woohoo! Yay. So Lord I- is playing Forbidden Fruit. Oh, my goodness. She's on my bucket list. Fab. It is Not the same all. same week. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how much our music tastes get, are so close sometimes and then just completely worlds apart. Like your whole thing of like, I just don't really get Beyonce. No. <laughs> <laughs> what else, what other lineups are being announced? Ava have announced the Erwin in Belfast bought my tickets to that. There's no way I'm ever missing that again. It looks absolutely whopper. Yeah. And the same weekend is Forbidden Fruit. So my sister is going to go to Ava because it's on Friday, Saturday, and then she's going to Forbidden Fruit on Sunday. I was like, you're going to be in a hoop on Monday. I think I'm going to have to do some kind of similar thing because I do want to see Lord, but I also obviously want to go up to Belfast. Rage and I missed Outburst in Belfast, actually. What an amazing festival. Look deadly. Everyone I know who went had an absolute great time. That's a really good one to put in your calendar for next year as well. Brilliant queer festival up there. So those are our 10 reasons to be cheerful. Do you feel better? Do you feel stimulated? Do you feel bolstered by our cheer? Do you think that maybe the vibes will come back and things will be okay? Yes. Excellent. (laughs) Now it's time for Get in the Sea. All that cheer we've spread ruined by the announcement that oh, it follows on from like the 12 o'clock curfew going, we're not shutting down the nightclub industry. Um, uh, we're just closing it at 12. Yeah, it opens at 11. And then everyone in government apparently being very surprised that people pivoted and opened earlier. Oh, obviously. Um, and now the new one is Pantos are able to run. Yeah, but government advised children not to go. All right, cool. Um, also, the George is going to stay open, but people are uh, advi- the government's advising gay people not to say. <laughs> Come on, you absolute dopes! Um, uh, just get in the sea, like come feel on. bad for all the Panto crews sending you good vibes. A Panto without children is just a drag show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sw- I go to the Panto every year. Me, my mom, and my sister. I'm 41 and Michelle's 37. My mom brings us to the Panto every year. Love it. Now it's time for It's Bananas. What's bananas, Andrea? It's like a general one, but like it is absolutely bananas. So the government's like as evidenced by Stephen Donnelly's random rant and Norma Foley going, oh, don't open the windows too much and like schools are safe and all these stupid things. They just keep making shit up. And like you've got all the advisors and science and everyone going, well, actually, no. And they're like, oh, no, that's what we're doing. It's like, just tell us your strategy. Like if we were all in this 
together we'd be able to play into the strategy but you're just not telling us so is your strategy to get COVID through the schools is your strategy to I don't know maybe make us all a bit immune to it tell us and then we can all make our own decisions but you're making all these mad decisions that you're just not telling us we deserve the truth (laughs) um you are so right and um I think the worrying thing that always I feel about this is maybe there isn't a strategy. And I and I and I think that people give the government too much credit somehow. They're like, they're gaslighting us. It's like, no, that's just what they think. Or, you know, why are they doing this? This is ridiculous. Oh, because they fucked it up and made a big mess of it. You know, it's kind of the way like people will do. As you say, people will just do the shit that they're told if it makes sense, if it makes logical sense. But the comms, the messaging, the bungling and the just like... Taking their heels into shit that makes no... You're like... And just the dog ate my homework element of stuff as well and the contradictory messaging and the... I, I, I genuinely think that like Stephen Donnelly in particular, I know we're always banging on about him, but like the, the, the kind of the the spinny spoofery that comes from his rhetoric and the way he kind of, you know, well, I'm saying it in this way. That seems like I know what I'm talking about as even, and maybe I'm a television presenter and this is how I want to talk. And it's like, do you think that we are dumb? <laughs> like, yeah. like it's it's that kind of thing. Like, do you think that we're people, parents are not reading stuff about other countries that we're just like we only listen to you know this one little silo of Irish politician and we've no context for anything else? Or you know, it's kind of like the antigen test. Um, you know that real kind of paternalistic uh, discourse around that. It's like if they had spent ten percent of the time talking about how to actually use antigen tests properly instead of going, well, people, people don't know how to use them. People, you know, sometimes they use them the wrong way, blah, blah, blah. It's like, what are you talking about? People carry out complex tasks in their work every day that you can't do and that other people can't do. People make difficult coffees. They paint elaborate nails. They engineer shit. They teach children. They drive JCBs. They operate combine harvesters. They write articles. They fix things. They climb up telegraph poles and fix like electricity fucking supply. And it's like people do complex shit all the time. Do you honestly think that we're just sitting here like shoving antigen tests up our nose going, it's not working. I don't know how to do it. Like, of course we can do things. It Tell us what to do. As well. Huh? Antigen tests come with pictures, instructions. <laughs> They're not complicated. So goes up, juice goes in, grant. I think that uh, because there is a lack of calibre, competence and character within large cohorts of the government that they think that we don't know the shit that they don't know. We know. This is getting very conspiracy. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't mean that. I just mean in terms of like, people are smart. People understand yes. stuff. If they just admitted when they were wrong, when they've made a mistake. Yeah, they're not going to do that though. problem with that. Whereas like admitting a mistake is a very good thing to do. Yeah. And if you can be strong enough to do that, you'll be a better leader. Yeah. And it's Correct. not about like talking down to people either or treating people like they're in Neenra all the time. You're like representing them. You're not their boss. Saps. 
<laughs> okay, <laughs> now it's time for our fave bits. Here we go. It's the fave bits. Let us delve in. Andrea. Okay, first up, uh, Roisin Murphy. She's a full concert on YouTube. So we had one of those YouTube televisions in Dingle. And I was hungover and I watched the concert. It's two and a half hours through twice. (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoyed it. That's a very good use of time. Oh my God, it was stunning. I do like to do things over and over again. Um, But I would highly recommend it. Um, And at the same time, that kind of links in. So I went down with Cullen from Daddy's uh, to Dingle and he was like telling me all the stuff he was going to do in in advance. And I was like, Cullen, you know, they have shops down there and restaurants. And he's like, well, you know, you you might need a ham. It's good to have one for when you're hungover and, you know, have a a pick at breakfast. I was like, okay, so you're going to bring a cooked ham. And he's like, yeah. And I was kind of mocking him, not mocking him. I was like, you're gas. Well, today was the highlight of my weekend. And <laughs> people's week, they were literally like, sorry, this ham was stunning. Um, so shout out to Cullum's ham. <laughs> <laughs> literally, it's written in the script. And his yeah. favourite's Cullum Keane's ham. It was delicious. Um, I went to see House of Gucci in the Stella last week. Like, whatever about the film, which I really enjoyed. Just, I really enjoyed the Stella. I think it's one of the um, the best things Press Up ever did. And it's just a uh, lovely fucking hard. Uh, and it's just a lovely experience. It's how every film should be watched, I feel. I um, just, can I just intervene there? Oh, I don't know if you can. <laughs> I just think the sound in the Stella is quite poor for a film uh, watching experience. I'm there for the champagne and the vibes. Okay. No, I'm not. I, I, there was, uh, it did seem very low, but it kind of came up anyway. Um, House of Gucci though. Oh my God, the drama coming out of that since it came out. Tom Ford's statement, the family statement, they're suing. Oh my God, it's even better than the film. Uh, <laughs> Hattie Stewart has an exhibition in Hen's Teeth. Love her big heart uh, drawings and she has a mirror in there and a rug. Um, I would definitely have a little goosey goo in there. Um, in a shocker, I started reading a book. It's taken me two years. But uh, one of my neighbours um, dropped in this book called Dancing in the Streets, A History of Collective Joy by Barbara Ehrenreck. And it's basically charting the joy and history of the sesh from like like cave drawings and how they can interpret that people had their hands up which meant they were dancing Mm. so it's just a glorious book I'm really enjoying it and as I said I say all the time sometimes you just need to make the sesh academic for it to be understood seshademic you mean seshademic um and then finally in my well, I have two more things. Uh, Claire Byrne, her show is officially performance art. <laughs> Come on. Like the mock-up of Omicron and the pictures that were coming out of it. I've never in my life seen anything more beautiful, more enjoyable. And uh, yeah, I think what they're doing is absolute magic. And I think there's a lot to be said for the art of the Claire Byrne show. Yes, it really is the... Marina Abramovich of RTE. It really is. And finally, this is like a very personal fave bit, but like 
uh, I finally made my dreams come true. I always have like a little hero that I'm like, want to make my best friend. And I kind of did. And I got a shout out from Annie Mac who, sa- who said, in quotes, she finally got to witness Dublin's primetime party queen in action on Saturday night. Now, if that's not going on my gravestone, nothing is. Mm-hmm. Primetime party queen. Amazing. Give it's me, amazing. Like, it's stunning. amazing. Stunning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear... Um, in the in the other voices fringe festival which you were running <laughs> um, that uh said hero may have um had a little dj set a little sojourn that you had she did <laughs> <laughs> okay obviously um ov fringe is a very very subcultural avant-garde uh, branch of uh, other voices um, and it's it's uh, almost a secret society, I think, that you're running. And I'm here <laughs> for it. society. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my fave bits. Char um, Magazine, which is a foodie bit of district, isn't it? Um, they have a list of the 10 best pints in Dublin. And generally, these lists disappoint me or I disagree with them or I just you know, use an inanimate uh, piece of text as a way to have an argument inside my own head. <laughs> However, I think they got it right. It's a very strong list. Uh, check it out on the gram there on their website or whatever. And um, yeah, I think it's, well, it is many of my favourite pubs in it, but it's strong list. Speaking of pubs, I just love Dingle pubs. So I'm going to shout out Dingle again, especially Kearns. I think Kearns is one of the finest rooms in the country slash the world to have a pint of stout. Also, Kay Young at Other Voices, amazing artist. Uh, really glad to see them for the first time. Just loved it. Um, so check out their music on wherever, wherever you listen to your music, I guess. Wherever. On the L spots. Well, your your number one artist was uh, and your rapped was Roisin Murphy, was it? Yeah. Mine was, mine was Lana Del Rey. Random. I know, um, random. Um, yes, I am a Caucasian uh, <laughs> woman. Um, Andre Cleary at uh, Banter in Foxy John's and other voices doing her culture rundown was brill. And yeah, I just really love her perspective. She co-hosts the 99 podcast as well. I just think she's deadly on music and culture. Um, so yeah, five stars. And my, um, final fave bit, I arguably, I could have put this in reasons to be cheerful, but I went to a little local Chinese restaurant last night called Hakan in, uh, D7 in Stony Batter. And their prawn toast is the best prawn toast I've ever eaten in my life. So I really feel like it is a landmark dish in this country right now. It is stunning. So if you want to live your prawn toast dreams, go to Hakan and eat their prawn toast. It's like seven euro or eight euro or something. And it's like portion big enough for two. I would highly recommend. Now it's time for Book of the Week.
We may have had this before, but I just want to bring it back, back up. Um, sing it back, bring it back, sing it back to me. Again, another highlight from your set in the church uh, at the weekend. <laughs> um, tree dogs, banshee fingers and other Irish words for nature is uh, uh, Monko McGann's book uh, illustrated by Steve Dugan. Um, 32 worlds, 32 worlds, 32 words for field. You probably will have read. This is one about flora and fauna. Um, and I think we mentioned it before. However, I just want to like, just, this is a gift. There's a little section on goats and all the different words for goats, which I sent to my friend Hazel, who has many goats. Um, and a key phrase in that is, uh, this kind of very old Irish phrase for, where's the fun to be had, which is basically, where's the sesh? And it's called, <laughs> it's call Will on Gower or Rosta, which literally means, where are we roasting the goat? <laughs> and this was basically because acting the goat was, you know, obviously being giddy and being all, you know, up to high dough and everything. And so call on Gower or Rosta as a phrase for like where the party's at is mwah, love it. And there's plenty more uh, where that came from in that book. And it's, you know, really a book for all ages, I think. So Defo won um, for your little uh, Christmas, Christmas stocking. Stop. Yeah. So do you feel cheered? I feel very cheered, even though I have no voice. This podcast is produced by Andrew Mang and a Castaway Media. Crystal Clear gave us his tuna chicken roll for our soundtrack. And Sarah Fox did all of our design. This week's tuna chicken roll. I've been playing it nonstop, much to the jargon of anyone at my sesh. Um, and I also made everyone squat till the drop for it. And the drop didn't come through because the speaker was crap. So everyone's legs were fucked. It is. <laughs> Spiller, purple disco machine. Uh, if this ain't love. Oh, I'm wait till it gets to the four. I'm going to give it the long version. When it gets to four minutes and 25 seconds, that's the drop of the gods. I've been Una Malali. I've been Andrea Horan. This has been United Ireland. And that was Tis the Season. Ten reasons to be cheerful. Woohoo!
Yeah. 